0: Hello everyone. My name is Wendy Myers. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. Today we have Mark Sisson on the show. He is the founder of marksdailyapple.com and he's also the maker of Primal Kitchen food products or excellent paleo healthy food products. I have his salad dressings and mayo and bars and you know my kitchen right now and really honored to have him on the show to talk about his new book The Keto Reset Diet. We're going to be talking about how the keto diet can help with inflammation and weight loss and uh, can help reverse cancer and really get your body from a sugar burning machine to a fat burning machine. So anyone looking to lose weight, to improve their brain function, just to feel better overall, and really tap into our body's metabolism and the way it's supposed to be working, the way we've been evolutionarily designed to function, should definitely try the keto diet and try Mark Sisson's uh, keto flexibility program that he outlines in his book. Please go check out my book on Amazon called Limitless Energy, How to Detox Toxic Metals to End exhaustion, and chronic fatigue. Over working with thousands of clients, the number one complaint was that they had poor energy, they had fatigue, or even severe chronic fatigue, and even if someone has energy, they typically want more of it to do all the things that they want to do in their life. So in the my years of research in metal toxicity, I kept hitting upon mitochondrial poisoning and metals that interfere in your body's ability to make energy, your mitochondria or your body's powerhouses that make your energy. And so I came up with a very simple system, very simple supplement and program to detox your body of these metals that interfere in your metabolism and your ability to produce energy. You can go check that out and try out my program on amazon.com. Our guest today, Mark Sisson, is the best-selling author of The Primal Blueprint, a former world-class endurance athlete and one of the leading voices of the evolutionary health movement. His blog, Mark's Daily Apple, has paved the way for primal enthusiasts to challenge conventional wisdom's diet and exercise principle and take personal responsibility for their health and well-being. You can learn more about Mark Sisson at MarksDailyApple.com. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Wendy. Great to be here. Thanks.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into health?
1: Um, I got into health really early. Like I was 12 or 13, I started thinking about living longer and and, uh, being healthy throughout my lifetime. I I was just kind of a weird kid that way, reading a lot of books on health and fitness. Um, Started running uh, as a means of achieving that longevity, uh, because that was assumed at the time to be one of the elements, having a good cardiovascular system. Uh, so I started running a lot and became an endurance athlete. Uh, also, at the same time, it appeared that eating lots of complex carbohydrates and carbohydrates in general was the way to fuel all the running, and so I did that. And over the years, became a uh, a top endurance runner. I was a marathoner, uh, and then eventually became an Ironman triathlete. Uh, with a, a fair amount of success in both of those, but I was fit on the outside, but really frail and falling apart on the inside. I had all sorts of problems that uh, I later realized were a result of the eating strategy and 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 partly a result of the overtraining. So I kind of uh, rededicated my life to figuring out ways that I could be strong and lean and fit and happy and healthy and productive without all that struggle and sacrifice. So that really got me started down this path of looking at ways in which the, the foods we eat, the movement that we choose to do or not, the um, the amount of sleep we get, the amount of sun exposure we get, all affect the ways in which our genes turn on or off, the way in which our genes rebuild us, renew us, regenerate us, recreate us on a daily basis. So my my mission has been to discover these hidden genetic secrets that we all have and how to turn those genes on or off. Uh, and manifest this this wonderful light that's available to all of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, and whatever you're doing, it's working. I mean, you're in a phenomenal shape. And I thought, just think, damn, I need to get my act together because <laughs> you're a lot better shape than I am. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so you're known for uh, you know advocating a paleo type diet and lifestyle, uh, but right. you've written a new book called The Keto Reset. So why did you decide to educate people about the keto diet?
1: Well, you know, good question, because I was really doing well on the primal blueprint eating strategy. I mean, for 15 years, I've had great energy, uh, been very fit, uh, maintained my muscle mass, uh, actually improved my performance in certain areas, even though I'm 64 years old. Um, you know, I've had a lot of uh, good reasons to, to, you know, stick with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. But I'm I'm always aggressively looking for the next thing. Is there another level of performance? Is there another another level of of feeling great, feeling awesome, that could be achieved through some small manipulation in what I'm currently doing, and for me, having written about uh, ketosis in as early as my first book ten years ago, having been in ketosis days or weeks at a time, uh, not by design but but just by default, uh, having found out at the end of the day, oh, I just I only had 40 grams of carbs a day, um, so I'd been in ketosis, but I'd never really spent a lot of time in ketosis. I read about the benefits but I hadn't really you know gone there so I thought well I'll spend two months going deep into ketosis and I'll see if there's if there's anything to be to be gleaned from this and and there was I mean I did a two-week deep keto dive and in that time I found that my energy level increased a little bit even though it was great to begin with um, my muscle mass uh, increased a little bit which blew my mind um, I burned off a little bit more body fat than uh, I had and if you've seen any of the many naked pictures of me circulating the internet, you know, <laughs> pictures with my shirt off. You know, I didn't have a lot of body fat to lose. But, but yeah, even that, you know, even even I got to the next level, um, I found that I could buy on a little bit less sleep, which I found fascinating. Maybe that was the ketones actually being a better fuel for my brain to do the work it had to do during sleep more efficiently than the glucose. Um, and all in all, I thought it was a, it amazing kind of experiment. And if I, who was already experiencing pretty amazing results in my life, could get that sort of an increase in performance, imagine what might be available to hundreds of millions of people who, you know, are stuck in their ways and are plateaued in their weight loss and are, you know, not not making any of the of the gains that they thought they wanted to make, uh, or the performance gains or the weight loss gains. So, you know, I, I, I really see this as a tool, as a strategy, as some, something that somebody can incorporate in their regimen that allows them to build greater metabolic flexibility. And that's the key. We're trying to create a more efficient body, a body that's able to not only store fat well, because, hey, let's face it, most of us do that pretty well, to store fat, but also to take that fat out of storage at any point in time uh, and use that fat for fuel. And if need be... Uh, use lots of it for fuel over a longer period of time. And in the process of using that fat for fuel, if we can convert some of those fats into ketones, which I liken to a superfuel, it's like this superpower that we all have to make ketones, and yet none of us really tap into it. Um, the brain runs better on ketones than it does on glucose. Uh, in in fact, so much so that if you're really good at burning fat and you're adept at burning ketones, you don't even need to eat much carbohydrate at all, ever. I'm not suggesting that people you know live their the rest of their life doing that, but for me, to be able to tap into that that cool part of our human experience, and it is a result of millions of years of human evolution to be able to to be a closed system and actually generate energy from stored body fat and then generate brain fuel because the brain can't burn fat to generate brain fuel from some of the other parts of that fat and offset the need to take in glucose at all it's a It's an amazing um skill set that we're born with and yet a fraction of us ever get to tap into this 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 absolutely awe-inspiring part of our our biology.
0: And you talk so much about primal living and you know how we used to live in Paleolithic times and trying to, you know, revisit our diet and how we were evolutionarily designed to function, the fuel that we're evolutionarily designed to, to utilize, so can you talk about and tie that into how the ketogenic diet today uh, kind of t- taps into how our bodies are designed to operate?
1: Sure, so taking the, the biology of our bodies a step further and t- to suggest that it's probably ke- ketogenesis and ketosis and the word keto in, in general, um, which allowed us to be here today as a species. Without this ability, we would have uh, ceased to exist. We would have, we would have not survived the rigors of a harsh environment. Um, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, millions of years ago, there was no such thing as three square meals a day. Uh, food was scarce. Uh, and so we were, our brains are wired to consume a lot of food when it's present. Uh, that's just part of our biology. Uh, and it's an elegant system that allows us to overconsume food and store it as fat. Well, great. If you're, you know, if you understand that, that that fat is fuel to keep you going for the next couple of days. So in our ancestral experience, imagine going a day or two without eating at all, but then having it be no big deal. Yeah, you're, you want to eat and you're looking for food, but in the process of looking for food, you want to have the energy, you want to have the stamina, you want to have the cognitive skills, you want to have the awareness of, of predators around you. And so we evolved this very cool system where we, we, we encounter food, we eat it, the excess that we consume, we store as fat. And then to the extent that we don't eat for a day or two or three, we are able to easily take that fat out of storage, use that fat for energy for the brain, excuse me, for the, for the muscles, and then convert some of that fat into ketones to be used as fuel for the brain. Uh, and in, And again, it's like almost counterintuitive to think that in the absence of intake of food, we would be able to upregulate some of these genes that preserve muscle, that build muscle. Uh, there are certain things called myogens that circulate when, when you're uh, in ketosis that cause you to add muscle um, if you do the work necessary to, to make the body want to, to, to build muscle. Um, there are uh, uh, epigenetic factors in ketones that that cause the body to um, start doing house cleaning in itself. So instead of just looking for external sources of fuel cells will start to look internally they'll actually uh, undergo a process called autophagy where they'll take uh, damaged proteins and damaged fats that are not doing them any services within the cell and consume those use those as fuel within the cell um, we call it you know cellular house cleaning uh, this is an opportunity for the cell to uh, maybe pr- um, uh, repair any damaged dna so there's an entire component of keto that is anti-inflammatory, that is actually anti-aging in necessary, uh, in 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 its in, in the process.
0: I know, and so many people they need to do is spring cleaning. I mean, they yeah. they desperately need to do that, and you can do the same benefits with fasting and intermittent fasting as well. So let's we know that the ketogenic diet is imperative for someone that has cancer or epilepsy. It's a very good research behind. Uh, showing that it, it helps those those health issues. So let's talk about some of the other benefits of the ketogenic diet.
1: Well, I mean, one of the benefits is your if when you increase your metabolic flexibility and you increase your metabolic efficiency, um, you can get by on fewer calories. And by get by, I mean thrive on fewer calories because you're more efficient at extracting energy from the calories that you do have, whether that's the calories that you consume or not. So one of the things that happens as a result of of this keto eating strategy in this in this tool uh, is to reset your metabolic efficiency and flexibility such that you can derive more energy from stored body fat you can derive more energy from ketones uh, and and in so doing and unburdening yourself of having to take in carbohydrate to create blood glucose to fuel the brain because you don't need to do that anymore uh, hunger appetite and cravings diminish significantly and when hunger no longer runs your life it is one of the most empowering things that we modern humans can experience. Cause so many of us, you know, live our lives from one meal to the next, thinking about what am I going to have for lunch? Cause I just finished breakfast and what's for dinner? And, and oh, I can't schedule that meeting at noon because that's lunchtime and I won't be able to eat lunch if I schedule that meeting and I'll be cranky or I won't be able to think straight because I won't have had my, my fuel intake. All that goes away when you create this metabolic flexibility that allows you to pull energy out of your stored body fat, create ketones to fuel your brain. People go skip meals all the time. They go sometimes days voluntarily without eating because of the anti-aging benefits of that. Um, so, you know, what are the benefits? They're weight loss. You trend toward your ideal body composition. their decrease in inflammation, which is huge for a lot of people because uh, a lot of people carry around some Version or form of inflammation, whether it's a little bit of arthritis or a little bit of, um, you know, colitis, or whether it's a systemic inflammation that's causing them to gain, you know, water weight and puffiness. Uh, so there's a decrease in the inflammation. There, um, there's an increase in awareness and cognition. There's a steady state of energy throughout the day. So you don't have these blood sugar swings, highs and lows that so many people experience, which then ties them, tethers them to the to the, the meal plan of breakfast, lunch, dinner, or for many people, breakfast, mid-morning snack, lunch, mid-afternoon snack, dinner, evening snack.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would be a blimp if I ate five times a day. Uh, but yeah, so how many times should you eat a day, and is that different for every person? So like, yeah, what, is, it, what does your diet look like in a day?
1: Yeah, it's, it's different for every person. That's one of the great things about being keto and, and being metabolically flexible. Um, there are people who have been keto for 10 or 15 years who are very, who are fit and bodybuilders and run large companies eat once a day. You know, they eat one meal a day because they're so good at burning fat. They're so good at utilizing ketones. They only eat one meal a day. Um, I like food. I like to eat. I, I try to eat two meals a day. So I my day looks like I get up in the morning. I have a cup of coffee. Um, that carries me through. You know, I start to work. I, I answer emails. I might uh, write a blog post. I take a break in the mid-morning. I go to the gym. I do a hard workout, um, sometimes hard, sometimes not. Uh, come back. I don't eat after the workout. Um, go back to work, get some work done around 1 o'clock, one i I'll break for lunch. And that lunch for me is a big salad with some protein on it and a heavy dose of a high-fat salad dressing, a healthy-fat salad dressing. Yes. Um, and then I might have middle of the afternoon, but typically not. But if I'm at all hungry, which I don't find myself getting, I might have a handful of macadamia nuts or a, a spoonful of a nut butter or something like that. Then dinner rolls around. I, I work until seven o'clock at night, and then so I, I break for dinner at seven, and I have my dinner, and it's typically some form of quality protein. It's going to be uh, wild fish, uh, grass-fed beef. It's going to be organic, uh, you know, or cage-free eggs, uh, or some you know s- some form of grass-fed steak, whatever, with some grilled vegetables. Um, and for me, the vegetables are you know maybe two or three normal person servings of vegetables. So I'm not. Even though I'm keto, I'm not avoiding vegetables. And that's what, one of the assumptions that a lot of people have about keto is, that well, you can't really eat vegetables because those are carbs. Well, there, are many that, there aren't that many carbs in broccoli, for instance. You know, the three servings I have might have 12 grams of carbs, and that might be all the carbs I have in that entire meal.
0: Yeah, when I was doing the Atkins diet, I was you know trying different diets, and a decade ago I tried Atkins, and I was terrified that artichokes had seventeen grams of carbs. But it's kind of (laughs) ridiculous to think of avoiding a vegetable uh, because of carbs. Certainly, there's some vegetables that you may want to avoid when you're in ketosis or attempting to get into ketosis.
1: Yeah, I mean you you know you don't want to eat uh, large amounts of 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 a singular vegetable like a like a pepper or a red pepper you know, sweet bell pepper, something like that, but, but, you know, a a big bowl of lettuce uh, and celery and cucumbers might have 12 or 15 grams total of carbs in that. And then if that's your base, and then to that you add some protein, chicken or fish or whatever, tuna fish, eggs. And on top of that, you put a healthy fat dressing like the Primal Kitchen salad dressings that we make. Um,
0: They're excellent, by the way.
1: Thank you. And you can, you can use those with reckless abandon. That's why we made them. (laughs) The more you put on the salad, literally the healthier we think it becomes. Uh, and the tastier. Uh, you've just made a perfectly keto meal, and you've gotten, um, you know, you've gotten your protein, you've gotten your healthy fats, you've gotten your uh, your vegetables in the form of, of not just the micronutrients, which are really important to include in this keto eating strategy, but you've you've gotten the fiber that you, that helps your healthy gut bacteria thrive.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I love your green goddess dressing. That's uh, my favorite one. I, I love it. Uh, so uh, well, it, used,
1: it used to be mine, but we just came out with uh, balsamic vinaigrette. So that's my mm, new favorite.
0: Yeah, I mean your your line of food products is really good. I really enjoy them a lot. And Thank you. so let's talk a little bit about uh, ketone burning and, and yep. ketones. Are you a fan of exogenous ketones? And is are there any people that should avoid is exogenous ketones or avoid them? You know, altogether.
1: I mean, it's it's really sort of a Mixed bag. I mean, I, uh, I use exogenous ketones in advance of maybe a heavy workout or uh, my weekly Ultimate Frisbee game. I play two hours of Ultimate once a week. It's a pretty fast-paced game. And so I use the exogenous ketones the way I'd use any other sports supplement because I'm good at burning ketones. I'm good at burning fat. Um, but that's all I'll drink. I won't eat anything before the game that day. I won't have a meal or any kind of other food. I won't, certainly won't carbo-load like I used to in the old days. So I might use the ketones in that case. Um, I use them once in a while before I give a talk, um, you know, just because they, they do act as a pretty potent brain fuel. But I, I, wouldn't, I don't use them otherwise. I, I, and I certainly don't think that, that I would use a ketone supplement to get into ketosis. I mean, I'm trying to convince people that you need to do the, the work. You need to build the metabolic machinery to burn the ketones. The fact that you take a ketone supplement and your, you know, your breath ketone or your blood measured ketones goes up to five or six millimolar doesn't mean anything. It just means that you're you've got a bloodstream full of ketones that you're not burning. You know, you haven't learned how to burn them. You haven't built the metabolic machinery to burn them. You need to do the work to build the metabolic machinery, and you do that through the diet, through restricting carbohydrates, and through eventually um, experimenting with longer periods of time without
0: eating. Yeah, so someone who is maybe trying to do keto, but maybe they're cheating a little bit, eating some potatoes, or you know maybe getting over 150 grams of carbs a day, probably not a good idea to take ketone supplements. Probably.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, it's just not going to do anything for you. You know, it might look if you're a, if you had a neurological disorder and you were eating that kind of diet, which I would uh, advise against. But um, that is uh, 150 plus grams of carbs a day. Um, but you're taking ketone supplements, and you know maybe there'd be some benefit to it. Um, you know, some short-term benefit of sending ketones to the brain. But the danger is that it also, I suspect that that amount of ketones in the bloodstream would prompt the ketone manufacturing unit in your liver to go, hey, there's enough ketones here, we, we don't need to make any. So I think it, it might be uh, counterproductive if you were trying to drink ketone supplements to induce ketosis, to get into ketosis, to... And, and let's not forget that the game here isn't who has the highest ketone level in her blood? <laughs> this is, this is, that's not what you're after. You're after becoming a more metabolically efficient human being. You're after learning how to burn fat so efficiently that you don't need to eat, whether by choice or by design, you don't need to eat for meals at a time or days at a time, if need be.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm going to attempt a 30-day keto uh, diet. I, I've done it a lot of times. So I'm going to do it again. And then do a four-day fast at like the end of that. So that's on the, the schedule for me. Um, so well, so how long does it take to get into ketosis? You talk about in your book it takes about 21 days. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit?
1: Sure. So the book, we talk. it's called uh, The Keto Reset Diet, uh, 21 Days to Reboot Your Metabolism and Burn Fat Forever. So the 21 days is sort of our introductory phase where we walk you through all the processes, all the things you would need to eliminate just to get comfortable with then going keto. So the 21 days is kind of a, a preparation period, uh, an indoctrination period. It's, it's basically it's basically the primal blueprint. Um, that is getting rid of sugars and sweetened beverages and, and cakes and pies and candies and sweets and, and all of those things that we know we should not be eating. Uh, processed grains, so cereals, breads, uh, biscuits, you know, cakes, crackers, whatever – and then getting rid of the legumes, so that would be the beans, uh, which are high in carbs. Uh, getting rid of the industrial seed oils—soybean, uh, canola, uh, sunflower, um, uh, corn oil—being uh, some of the biggest offenders. Replacing those with healthy fats, so avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, butter, g- lard, ghee; those are all approved. Uh, and and you know, getting to that point where your body is comfortable eating really tasty foods, um, but not not taking in inordinate amounts of carbohydrate. And during this period, we also cut back on fruit. But you might find at the end of that period that you're still at 100, 110 grams of carbs a day. So that's phase one. But for somebody who's been eating 400 grams of carbs a day for most of their life, that's a big jump. It's a big jump, but it's a comfortable jump for us to make. It's not so harsh on the body. So then we have a midterm exam in the book where you know it's basically based on how do you feel. Can you wake up in the morning and how long can you go without eating comfortably, without getting hungry? Um, can you go to a workout and go through that, get through that workout and then not have to eat immediately, ravenously right after the workout? Uh, these are all indicators that you're becoming good at burning fat, that you don't need to have regular two and three hour refuels uh, to keep your brain functioning on glucose and to keep your muscles um, able to, to move about. If you pass that exam, then you earn the right to go keto. And we say going keto for about six weeks is like the sweet spot. That's where the, the benefits Really, really add up. Now you can can stay longer than six weeks if you want. That's great. But uh, most people, myself included, at about six weeks, you go, this is cool. It's awesome. I've I've really reset, recalibrated my metabolic machinery. Now I'm at a point where I I stay in what I call the keto zone. And it's plus or minus 50 grams of carbs a day. So it could be I could use a number of 100 grams of carbs a day. Some days I'm at 50. Some days I'm at 150. But at the days I'm 50, I feel great. My body's humming along nicely. The days I'm 150, I'm not really out of ketosis. I'm still making ketones. I don't notice any difference in how I feel. I don't notice any difference in the performance of my workout. So I'm not tied to being keto all the time. I can kind of be in this zone where the metabolic machinery is there serving me, the metabolic efficiency of pulling energy out of whatever fuel substrate is available, um, I'm good at. You know, I've built that skill. Uh, And that's really what I want people to get out of this.
0: Do you think there's any like subset of the population where a keto may not work for them or they may not you know do so well on that do- type of diet? I mean,
1: look, everybody is bio individual. They're biochemically individual to a certain extent. I mean, we all process fat the same way. We all build muscle the same way. We all have a similar immune system. It's just the degree to which we do this that differs among individuals. But yeah, some people might try keto and, and not like it. Or, you know, some people have emotional eating issues that are going to make it difficult for them to give up certain foods um you know on balance this is a choice that you make it's not it's not a right or wrong kind of thing most of america has lived without a ketogenic diet for the last you know 100 years and many of many people quite successfully so i'm not suggesting this is the be all and the end all i'm just suggesting that for a lot of people uh type 2 diabetics uh people who have struggled with overweight issues uh uh, people who have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I mean there are a lot of people who would be well served to at least try a ketogenic reset and kind of notice the changes in their body
0: yeah i mean there's uh, i mean it 's worth trying uh, for sure i mean just if there 's any kind of diet that just resonates with you or appeals for you, um, be it paleo or ketogenic, you need to try a, a lot of different diets and see kind of what works for your body, but chances are. Uh, looking at a bell curve, the majority of the population is going to do well on a ketogenic diet.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so like aside from diet, what other lifestyle habits do you address in your book, the keto reset diet?
1: Oh yeah. We, we talk about sleep. Sleep is huge. Um, the fact that so many people don't get enough sleep and really don't care about that or worry about it. Um, but you know, if you don't get enough sleep, it, it creates a rise in stress hormones, particularly cortisol. Cortisol is kind of antithetical to being uh, efficiently in ketosis, um, cortisol is is a uh, stress hormone that prompts the body to want to make sugar, I want to store fat, do some of the things that we are trying, you know, to do the opposite of. So you got to get your sleep dialed in. Uh, we also are big on stress management for that same reason. Uh, we we address um, we address exercise because exercise is is a part of this component. I've never suggested that people use exercise as a way to overcome a bad diet. So you can't exercise away a bad diet, despite the fact that a lot of people try to do that. Um, In fact, a lot of people try to, their reason for exercising is because, quote, they love to eat. I I never quite (laughs) understood that. Like, Why would you put yourself through all that misery just so you can have a few more bites of something you probably shouldn't be eating in the first place?
0: And that doesn't work very well. I used to do that in my 20s. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, a lot of
1: people did it. You know, it's basically exercise bulimia. Um, but anyway, so we coached people through some appropriate workouts that are going to give you the best benefit, uh, particularly during this transition period where, you know, you're taking a body that's been used to getting glucose and glycogen and sugar, uh, as a main source of fuel for most of its life. And now you're transitioning away to, to depending on fat as your primary source of fuel. So you can't just make that shift overnight. You can't go from doing a, you know, a three mile jog one way, one day on, on uh, on glucose, and then the next day say, okay, it's no glucose at all. I've completely cut out this thing. I'm just going to run on fat today. The body doesn't doesn't adapt quite so quickly. It, it takes about
0: cooperate. It's not going to cooperate. It doesn't.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's It takes about 21 days for the gene signaling and all of the up regulation of the enzyme systems to kind of kick in to where you can you can get to that point where you go, okay, and now I'm going to do my three mile jog and I'm going to do it burning mostly fat, and that becomes a wonderful thing because as long as as long as you stay on this eating strategy for the rest of your life, or as long as you do it, you will derive most of your energy from fat. From, and, and if you haven't eaten the fat off a plate, then it'll come off of your butt, your thighs, your you know your your stomach, whatever. It'll where you want it to come off of. Yes. Uh, because that's the original like evolutionary reason for this spare tire and this and these big thighs and the big butt is so you can have energy in times of. When, you know, when, when there's no food available. Um, so like I say, all of us do that part very well, the storage part very well. We have to retrain ourselves to, to get access to all that stuff. It doesn't just happen.
0: Yeah, and so there's some people that can experience unpleasant side effects, so maybe when they're transitioning from burning fat uh, or from burning glucose to burning fat. Are there any supplements that people can take to kind of ease that transition, or what is that mechanism? Maybe what are some of the symptoms people want to look for that, and they can alleviate?
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say uh, is kind of critical is people should probably look at taking uh, some electrolyte supplements um, during their keto experience. Uh, there, there tends to be a, um, you know, uh, the throughput of sodium and potassium and magnesium is a little bit higher in this process and so it would be incumbent upon people to, you know, salt your food and add a little bit more magnesium or find it I mean a lot of people would take a bouillon cube and put it in the hot water and, and, and sip that during the day, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's not a big it's not a big deal. Uh and but you know I think we've become so accustomed to hearing that salt is bad for us and we shouldn't be salting our food. Now we're finding out that the exact opposite is true. We've probably be been guilty of unsalting our food too much over the past couple of decades because of this whole Blood pressure um, issue that that arose for no reason um, a couple of decades ago.
0: Yeah, and you need magnesium to absorb the salt, so really yeah. important to take magnesium to utilize that sodium. Yeah, and I heard B vitamins are really good too, that those can help. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, look, I'm never going to look. I, I make supplements, and I have for 30 years, so I'm never going to tell people not to take supplements. I'm a big believer in supplements. Um, do you need? Do you absolutely have? You know, absolutely have to take them. Maybe not, but um, you, you might. Your life might be improved by taking some. Certainly, a good high potency multivitamin, multi mineral, antioxidant formula uh, is is probably well uh, well advised. Um, yeah.
0: So, how is a keto diet different from a paleo diet?
1: You know, it's just next level stuff. I mean, it's just if you're if you've been paleo or, or primal for any amount of time. You're already down to 110, 120 grams of carbs a day. So to start to really get these keto fires burning, you only need to find 30 or 40 or maybe 50 grams of carbs in your diet currently that you can eliminate uh, and get down to um, you know get down to, to business there and, and start making ketones. Uh, for, so for a lot of people, that's like for me, it was so easy. It was such an easy transition because I live this way anyway. Like I say, it was just me finding uh, night carbs, like I, you know, like uh, stuff that I would eat mindlessly in front of the television or something um, before I go to bed. That that I just eliminated, um, and that might have been, you know, chocolate covered coconut, you know, organic coconut clusters or some something that I would nibble on. It, it wasn't difficult for me to find those fifty extra grams of carbs to put me deep into ketosis to the point where I knew I was running largely on ketones and fat.
0: Yeah. I have a little dessert I like to make. It's these chocolate fudge balls that are really, really nice if you're craving something sweet, all natural, and so you can get that sweet fix if if you need to. Um, Yeah. But you have a lot of recipes in your book. Uh, What is maybe one of the couple of recipes that you really like in the book?
1: Oh, you know, the um, macadamia crusted mahi-mahi and brown butter is probably my favorite recipe. But, you know, my go-to one is my big-ass salad. I mean, I have that every day. That's like, <laughs> I, I just love that crunchy, the crunchiness of vegetables, um, the, you know, the coolness of them, the variety and taste. And, of course, the variety is then enhanced further by the variety of different dressings that you can put on a salad, for sure.
0: And Joe Mercola has a big-ass salad every day, too. I had yeah. I was at his house. I had, I had, I had yeah. his big-ass salad. It was really good. <laughs> Very refreshing.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you, uh, have a lot of stuff in your garden that you put in your salad, like sprouts and things like that?
1: Um, you know, we, we just started our raised garden, uh, just a couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we don't, we haven't had a garden up until then. We've, we've just put an orchard in. We've got, uh, figs, uh, nectarines, all kinds of citrus, avocado, um, guava. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty impressive little, uh, orchard down there, but, uh. We just recently put in our raised garden, so we're looking forward to that. Nice. that's
0: yeah, on my to-do list to do a garden. <laughs> I just
1: sure. it's, I get stuff from the farmers market.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. One of like eighty things I need to do. Um, yeah. So you have a program uh, called uh, to help you know reset your metabolism. So how does your keto reset program or like reprogram your genes to develop the metabolic flexibility that you've talked about today on the show? Well,
1: that's the program. I mean, it's in the book. I mean, that's, it's, it's basically when we talk about reprogramming your genes, we're just talking about giving your genes the signals that they require to, um, to be able to turn on or off based on those same signals, um, and to manipulate how your body derives its energy. Uh, most of us, you know, go our entire lives being really good at burning sugar and being really terrible at burning fat, like almost never burning fat. Uh, and because of this ability to burn sugar, and you know, still function well, given given that we can always refeed ourselves every couple of hours with three square meals a day and snacks. Um, there's no need to take fat out of storage. So the whole idea about reprogramming your genes is to is to flip those switches around, build the metabolic machinery, which in this case is mitochondria, wherein the fat burns, um, and be able to put m- much more uh, fat through those mitochondria, derive much more energy from fat, and not rely. Much, if at all, on carbohydrates and glucose uh, as a source of energy, uh, and so that's the that's the reprogramming of these genes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what do you think? In your opinion, I mean, you've been you know blogging and researching for twenty years. What do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today?
1: Oh, sugar consumption. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, our um, you know the, the pervasiveness of sugar that's. You know in sweetened beverages and it's in processed foods and it's in uh, you know uh, cakes and and pies and cookies and candies and and it's even in healthy healthy snacks Um, i mean you know you'll go to a health food store and you'll look at a health a healthy bar that's got 45 grams of sugar in are you kidding me yeah um so i think that sugar you know uh, i make a statement that i first learned from ron rosedale which is basically the less sugar you burn in a lifetime the healthier you will be, and probably the longer you'll live. And that's really what the Keto Reset Diet is about. It's about getting away from dependency on sugar to the extent that you never need to eat any sugar ever again. I'm not suggesting that we have to do that, but but the you will have the ability, you will have that metabolic skill to thrive in the absence of any sugar for the rest of your life, if you so choose. Um, and And most people can never get to that point. Most people still live with a sugar craving still have this overarching like little voice saying you know it, it won't hurt if you just have a little bit you know and um you know and and this a piece of cheesecake it's only one serving so it must be appropriate um you know that sort of stuff is just uh, a big issue so i think the overconsumption of sugar is is just uh been been so problematic in so many different areas
0: yeah well i really applaud the work that you're doing we've been so programmed by television and by all the, you know, Big Agra and all the food manufacturers. And we've really been uh, programmed to eat the foods that they manufacture and have become addicted to sugar, you know, for since we were babies, even eating, you know, infant formula that's full of sugar. So I really applaud the work that you're doing in trying to educate people in turning around their diet and living healthier lives.
1: Well, thank you. appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So tell the listeners where they can learn more about you and join your tribe. Uh,
1: Yeah. So ketoreset.com is the main site for the book. Uh, And from there, you can click links to your favorite purveyor of fine books. Um, You know, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, all those. Um, Mark's Daily Apple is my blog. And that's where I write every day about something fascinating in the world of health, diet, exercise, fitness, nutrition, whatever. Uh, and primalblueprint.com dot com is our commerce site where we sell the dressings and the toppings and the and the supplements and all the cool stuff that uh, can enhance your life in more than one way.
0: Yeah, I love your writing style. I, I always enjoy your blogs, and uh, you just have such a funny, quirky way about how you educate people. And that's why so many people come to your site and want to learn from you because it's just you make it look really fun.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Wendy. Take care.
0: And everyone, thank you so much for listening to the podcast.